Hey, listen, I just asked you a question. Do you think I'd let you down? I don't know, would you? Hey, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Maybe you wouldn't. How would I know? You can count on <laughs> You can count on me. No, I am the reliable type. Do you know who your friends are? Anytime you need anything, you just come and see me. These others? I wouldn't ask the time of day. I wouldn't give it to you. Do you know something? You're the only son of a bitch worth shit in this place. I appreciate that. I mean, because there is something I really like about you. Thank you, too. Everybody, I'm Dan. And I'm Mike. So welcome back to 15-Minute Film Fanatics. You probably know by now, but in case you don't, the premise of the show is that Mike and I watch movies separately, that we talk about them together for the first time. Sometimes these are films we've seen before but never discussed, but sometimes one of us will make a choice, ask the other guy to watch it, and then we talk about it on the show. That's what happened this week. We're very excited, or at least I'm very excited. We're going to discuss John Huston's 1972 film, Fat City, uh, starring... Um, Jeff Bridges and Stacey Keach and Susan Terrell and what I think is one of the great all-time drunk performances in film history. Our first segment is always about our overall take on the film. Since this was my pick, the rules are Mike gets to go first. So Mike, you just saw Fat City. Go. I guess I would recommend this movie. It, so just like all John Huston movies, it's beautiful. It certainly hangs together. Structurally, it's great. Like I have no notes about John Huston's direction. It's a well put together movie. I think Leonard Gardner, who wrote the novel, did the screenplay. Yes. So the the screenplay is great. Young Jeff Bridges is awesome. You know, all the performances are very good. But it's it's the kind of movie that you hesitate to recommend, just for the reason that I was trying to think of a more depressing movie besides Dear Zachary that we'd cover on the show. And the only thing I could come up with was Sorry We Missed You. Our, our episode on Sorry We Missed You. Yes. Because this movie is a grade a downer and even sorry we missed you has brief moments where you know all the characters come together as a family there is no family in this movie everybody is literally on their own forever um and it it doesn't even have like a romantic existential quality about it either i think there's something very carefully balanced about this movie to make sure that it never slips into romance to make sure that it's always a bummer you know what i mean like just at the point at which you think that anybody would become a romantic hero. They do something that's so alienating to the viewer that even the viewer starts to hate them and want to be alienated from them. And so it's it's difficult to know where to sit in this movie, but I think that part of that uncomfortableness is the point. 
Yeah, absolutely. Do you remember when I texted you and the only thing I told you about the movie, do you remember the advice I gave you when you went to watch the movie? Yeah, you said the first five minutes will let you know exactly where you are. Yep. And you and they do. And I also said, watch it alone, because this is the kind of movie that if you watch with somebody else and you're sitting on the couch, half of your brain might be like, oh, th- did this person really know what, you know, what they were getting into? So I think all those things are true. I love this movie. I love everything about it. Um, I think it's a movie that stays with you. Uh, it's a movie that when you watch, you will have a sadness hangover the next morning and you, you will go to work the next morning and you'll be just like kind of walking around like, oh, man, um, I, I love what you said about not romanticizing them because the movie could veer off into Hemingway or a little bit of um, Tom Jones, not the singer, but the, the great writer. Um, I, I, I bet you some people out there think it's like Charles Bukowski, but I think I think this is better than the stuff by Charles Bukowski by by, by a long shot. Um, I think it's a movie you don't watch for the plot. It's like what Samuel Johnson said about Clarissa. I think if you watched it for the plot, you would hang yourself. Um, I, I think you watch this for the performances. I mean, Stacey Keach is so great. Jeff Bridges is so great. So is Nicholas Colasanto, who and everyone ended up uh, seeing in Cheers later on. And, and Susan Terrell as Uma. I, like I said before, that might be the great drunk performance. Um, I love what you said also about the beginning, but the first five minutes, I'm going to cheat a little bit and sneak in an extra moment. The bit where you hear the refrain from help me make it through the night and you watch Stacey Keach lying there and just staring at the ceiling as, as you never see characters do in films, characters in films are always doing things, just not knowing what he's going to do that day. Then he decides, all right, I'll smoke a cigarette. You know, that'll, that'll kill a minute. And then he can't find a match. So he's going through his pants pockets. Then he's on the table. Then he's looking in the garbage can. Then he says, okay, forget it. I don't need it. Goes down to the street with his blazer on, does some little kind of dance on the street. Then says, all right, I'll go to the gym. And then like the actual plot of the movie starts. But I could watch him look for that match for for two hours. Structurally, it's interesting because this is a full-on downward slide. Um, And some movies, you know, have that structure where where the opening moment is the best it's going to get and the closing moment is the worst it's going to get. And that's the structure of the movie. And and it's interesting that the movie is structured that way. So when he's looking for the match, that is the happiest that we will see him and that we will encounter him for the for the remainder of the film. Yeah, because it's a great um, you know, the thing I love about it, it's a great portrait. Of these guys it's not you know uh before you said about how how you feel about the characters you know jeff bridges gets his new new boxing robe and you think okay it's going to become like this small scale rocky balboa thing and then boom he gets his ass kicked in nine seconds that's it over and he ends up you know with his uh, with his girlfriend so i think it's about these people who who keep trying to kind of rise out of the movie they keep trying to get out of the movie and into fat city the mythical fat city that city, but they're just BSing themselves and they know it. They know it deep in their bones. They're just BSing themselves. Yeah. There's, there's a great quality about this movie. You mentioned Charles Bukowski or someone, someone. Yeah. And I think that uh, obviously all those books are written in the, in the first person as though it's being given to you. And again, I, I feel a sense of alienation from the characters in this movie. They're not just alienated from one another. They're alienated from the viewer such that you, you can't adopt their personality and you don't you don't necessarily spend enough time with any given one of them to adopt their worldview and i think that that's what keeps this movie on a somewhat even keel or i, I mean i don't want to belabor the point too much but it's like a steady drunk you know it's not yeah. a sober movie and yeah. it's not tipped all the way over it's just when you start to feel yourself coming out of it you get deeper in and when you get deeper in the movie draws you back out of it or switches point of view or narrative point of view to a different character uh, for for a while that's great, like a steady drunk, because we're not used to that. Because when you see the poster, 
99 people out of 100 are going to think, oh, um, Stacy Keach is going to become Jeff Bridges' manager. You think it's Rocky too? Yeah, or like, or at least at least the two characters will interact. They have very little screen time together. And so you're kind of like, okay, well, whose story is this? Well, or what's this story of? And that's that's why I love the I love the portrait idea that the first scenes of the film are, are, are shots of Stockton of the city, and then it zeroes into his apartment. So you're seeing like you know one of the stories in the big city. So welcome back. In part two, we like to talk about a favorite moment or a moment we think represents the film as a whole. Mike, what's yours? Stacy Keach approaches Uma in the bar. He's seen her in that exact same bar, but now he sees her alone. So of course he's interested and he kind of flirts with her, asks if he could sit next to her. She says it's a free country and he's airboxing the Santa that's hanging from the ceiling, which is, which is great. And they end up in a strange conversation, just continually talking past one another. You think that this is supposed to be the moment in a real Hollywood movie where they would get to know one another or form some sort of connection. But there's no blows or punches landed in this conversation. Someone says something to someone and they totally wildly miss and somebody responds back and they totally wildly miss. But it ends up where Uma turns to him and says, you're the only son of a bitch in here worth a shit. And it's so brilliant because she hasn't listened to a word that he said, but he takes such pride in it. And he says, you can count on me. You can count and on the, me. the utter disconnect between the two of them, I think, is just indicative of, of the way that this movie works. So you either find this dialogue charming and frustrating at the same time, or you just don't get what's going on in the movie. Yeah, it's like the song Two Lost Souls and Damn Yankees. And of course, that's also I love when he zips up the back of her dress, which is like he's going to give her some dignity. It's like his blazer at the beginning when he fixes his lapels. Well, my other favorite moment from that same moment is they're both drinking beer they're drinking whatever the house beer is out of a mug. And finally he wants to buy, they're only halfway done. And he says, can I buy you a drink? And he orders two cream sherries that they don't drink. I, well, that, I can't, I can't quantify why that's so good, but it's just the perfect thing. It is perfect. It's perfect. And then they walk out into the blinding daylight too. Okay. So what's your moment? So my moment is my moment's a Jeff Bridges moment. And it's when, when he's in the ring and Ruben, you know, his manager, Ruben and the other guy, they give him a piece of advice. All right. So he's, he's going to finally get a shot. And here's what he says to him. Pace yourself, but give everything you got. So think about that. Pace yourself, but give it everything you got. Now the joke is that Jeff Bridges as the kid is trying to process these contradictory pieces of advice. And it's funny, but I think that 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 joke leads to the bigger issue of the movie, which is, and I'm going to use this word deliberately, it's bullshitting. This movie is is a great film about bullshitting, not lying and not sneaking around, but bullshitting. And, and what do I mean by that is that that sounds good at the moment. You know, pace yourself, but give it all you got. It doesn't mean anything. And I think this movie is filled with people who are, are bullshitting themselves and each other to cope with life's challenges, right? Like Ruben's a good guy. All his fighters get their asses kicked and, and he has an excuse for every single one of them. Oh, this was it. We shouldn't have been there. And Stacey Keach has excuses for, for what Ru- Ruben sent me down there by himself. Um, he's he's well-meaning, but he's totally ineffective. And I think that's all these people can do to cope with life's challenges, to make excuses and to, and to think they're going to get somewhere, but they, they really don't know what they're doing. And I think the funnier thing too, is that in the bar, uh, with him and Uma that they actually spar in that conversation longer than Jeff Bridges is in that fight. Yeah, because you're waiting for the fight in the fight scene and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. It's it's life just going to it's a it's a it's a one sided fight where life will punch you into oblivion. 
And life doesn't care that you have a new robe. Okay, so welcome back. In our last segment, we like to talk about the ending, the title, the key takeaways. Dan, why don't you start it off? I love the ending. I love the last shot. It's so great. So they finally, they, you know, Jeff Bridges can't drink. So he said, let's go get some coffee. So they go to talk, but of course, what don't they do? They don't talk. At they all. don't talk. They don't talk. And, and that the, the movie is the plot is like their lives. Like he's still walking around with a cigarette and his coffee. So there they are. They have the great two shot. The camera's right in front of them. They talk about the old waiter. I says, you think he's happy? He says, well, maybe everyone's happy. And that's it. That's as profound as they get. They don't know and they don't talk. I mean, talk about, you know, Hamlet says the purpose of art is to hold a mirror up to nature. That is that is holding a mirror up to nature because in real life, you know, people aren't going to have these profound realizations about what happened. They sit there for a half second. Think that guy's happy? I don't know. He seems happy. Maybe everyone's happy. And then they just they have nothing to say to each other. And and I love the film because John Houston lets them sit there. And you just watch them and, and it's so convincing that they're human beings. And, you know, for, and even, even watching this now, as much as we love Lebowski and True Grit and all the films we love Jeff Bridges in, he's so convincing as like, he wants to be, he's got to be home. He's got to be with the kid, but he's like, all right, fine. I'll sit here with this guy. He wants to talk and have a cup of coffee and they don't talk. And I just think it, it's so, it's such a spot on way to end it. And it could have undone the whole film if one of them had an epiphany. Yeah. And in real life, they would have had a podcast, but I, I like, I like that um, when Jeff Bridges character finally comes around and they turn around and he says, okay, let's get some coffee. He puts his arm around him and, and touches them. And there's something, there's something so unnatural about that gesture. It's condescending. What, what it says is, okay, I will condescend now to spend my time with you, but it's so obviously condescending that I, it strikes me as wrong, no matter how many times I watch the scene. And that last scene is so awkward. It makes the bus ride in the graduate look like a Disney movie. It looks like Thumper and Bambi or something. It's excruciating to yeah. see the two of them just sit there. There's something much more tolerable about that silence in the beginning of the movie because the beginning of the movie is full of promise. Anything could happen when he goes finally goes downstairs or finds something to do. But the return to it at the end of the movie lacks even that basic optimism. It said exactly what you thought this was in the first two minutes. It is. Yeah, because well, because in the beginning, when he goes down to the gym and he meets Jeff Bridges and then he starts saying this kid's really good. He's really like, you're like, oh, I know what kind of movie this is. I, I know exactly how this movie's going to go. And it doesn't. And, and that's just like life. Exactly. It's the, it's about the death of promise. <laughs> so we hope you've enjoyed that's <laughs> the death of promise. I mean, I think this, you will have a great time having a bad time watching this film. So I heartily recommend it. So thanks for listening, everybody. You can follow us on Twitter at one five M I N film. You can email us as many people have done at 15 minute film spelled out at gmail.com. We look forward to your recommendations. Please leave us a review. Please leave us a rating and thank you for listening. See you next time.